Remarkable accomplishments are happening every day on the Colorado Mesa University and Western Colorado Community College campuses, from faculty instruction and research to student projects and community involvement. CMU Now is a new monthly segment on the KAFM Community Affairs Hour, where we interview faculty, athletic coaches, and students to keep you up to date on all things CMU and WCCC. I'm Caitlin Birdsall, along with my co-host David Ludlam, and we'll have two guests on the show today. And our first guest is the Hotel Maverick Shaw Construction Project Engineer, Logan Cole. Welcome to the show, Logan. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedule. We know that you guys are chugging along over there with the hotel, so we appreciate you coming down and talking to the KFM listeners. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you bet. Um, so why don't we start off today with just talking a little bit about yourself and maybe if you could give a quick background of who you are and what brought you to your current position at Shaw Construction. Um, <clears throat> well, I started, uh, started going to CMU back in uh, 2011 um, and ended up... Uh, Started out with a biology major, actually, but then uh, quickly transferred over to construction management, um, completed the program, and then I got a job with uh, Shaw Construction right after that, and uh, I've been uh, building CMU buildings pretty much ever since. Biology to construction. What made you switch? Uh, My cousin graduated with a biology degree, and uh, he was not having very good luck finding a job, so (laughs) I decided I'd get out of that as quickly as possible. Okay. Well, one of the things that I, I found really fascinating about having you on is that Everybody notices the the buildings that are going up around CMU. When when people talk about CMU, it's the new hotel, it's the new classroom building, it's the new residence hall, um, and and you're not the one who you know draws up the designs. You're the one that actually makes these buildings like come to life. Uh, what's it like to be a project manager on a construction site? I mean, something for people that don't know anything about construction. Um, it's pretty exciting. Um, and you know, first of all, you know, it takes a village to make one of these buildings happen, you know, starting with the design team and the owner creating a design and then giving us some documents to build off of, um, uh, just, yeah, from, from start to finish, it's, uh, it's a lot of teamwork, a lot of coordination and, um, just, uh, just a, just a ton of stuff that has to happen from start to finish. Just hundreds of conversations every day. Just, just oh, yeah. countless conversations. Absolutely. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, I feel like I was really lucky enough that a couple of weeks ago we actually got to get a sneak peek tour of the Hotel Maverick. We were taking some photos for CMUs and the Hotel Maverick social media accounts. Um, and so you were giving us the tour, and I was just blown away by how much activity was happening in the building at one time. I mean, every level we were on. You know, there was all kinds of the construction workers, whether it was working on lighting fixtures or flooring or painting or the rooftop restaurant and patio and outside. I mean, it just kind of blew me away. And when you see a project on that scale of things, um, I'm just curious kind of how you keep that all on track and what that process really is from paper to reality. Because, you know, me in the marketing office, my work on a day to day basis is quite different than somebody in the construction management world. Sure, sure. So when you're out there touring the building, um, you know, we're in the finishes stages, obviously, we're just about done. And during the finishes stage, there is um, a lot of different trades on site, you know, everything from, yeah, electricians to plumbers to flooring guys, painters, you know, you name it, everyone's out there at the finish stage, uh, you know, compared to earlier stages in the project where you have, you know, fewer trades on site, like earthwork guys and concrete contractors and whatnot mm-hmm. or even just all the scheduling like I think about like timing and I'm sure again this is this was your major this is your profession so <clears throat> it probably to you all make sense but I was like how do you even time out which guys come first and what time and when you order all the products that you need and you know you're not sure. only building the hotel itself which is going to have 60 rooms but you're building a restaurant um, that has a bar that has an outdoor patio um, the coffee shop downstairs so it's all these components you know, of the hotel that you guys are scheduling out everything and making it 
timed and perfect to all come together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's definitely an order of operations to everything that goes in the building. And, you know, early on when we are still planning and, you know, in the design phase of the project, we come up with a, you know, detailed construction schedule. So from, from day one, we have a pretty good idea of, you know, who's going to be coming when and what materials we need by that point. And uh, earlier, you know, in, in the earlier stages of the project, you know, we get all the products, you know, lined up, approved and ordered or, you know, at least, you know, ready to get shipped out to the site when we're, when we need it. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's just, there's, there's, there's just a, <laughs> a method to the madness. Yeah. There's a method to the madness Amazing. for sure. Good. Well, you are listening to CMU now on KAFM community affairs. And our first guest today is the hotel Maverick Shaw construction project engineer, Logan Cole. Logan, what's it, what's it like for you? If I understand correctly, you were a student at CMU, like you described, correct? and you got, you graduated from the construction management program. What's it like for you to build and contribute to the campus that, where you went, as opposed to being on a project in some other community in some other state? I mean, you're you're getting to help grow the campus that sort of gave you your career, maybe something like that. What's that like for you? Uh, you know, it's pretty rewarding, actually. You know, it's kind of nice uh, just being able to you know look back on my alma mater and be able to build a lot of the campus that I actually you know, went to school at. Um, you know. Half of me really, you know, was really excited about it. The other half, you know, it's kind of jokingly, you know, I finally graduated CMU three years ago. <laughs> and you're but still I here. <laughs> still, still drive to campus every morning. <laughs> well, but. so you're you're like on the tenure plan because you're still here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're yeah. Still, well, and it. it's not your first building. You've built how many buildings have you been a part of on campus um, through this growth phase? Uh, this is the third project I've been on um, building wise. We also built the uh, softball bleachers, but uh, the first one was the uh, health sciences project, which mm-hmm. was the uh, demo and remodel of the old community hospital um, and the second building did was the uh, engineering building or known as confluence hall um, and then mm-hmm. uh, now we're working on the hotel about to wrap it up um, yeah so out of those three projects because they all are very different construction projects so i know like with our health sciences you were not only building on additions but also demoing the old community hospital obviously confluence hall our new engineering building was built from the ground up and that's very different than the hotel maverick so you know i know at the engineering building you also had to include these huge rooms where students can work on these really large projects there's a wind tunnel um you know all kinds of different classrooms there so these are all very different projects so do you have one that sticks out to you that's your favorite and maybe why um you know i think i think the hotel is probably my favorite project because it's you know it's it's unique, you know. It's a it's a boutique kind of niche hotel, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of a lot of fancy, nice finishes in there. And uh, you know, compared to like a classroom building, which you know is also very nice inside, but uh, you know, just just different. You know, it's more it's classroom style. Mm-hmm. Uh, this hotel's got uh, a lot of cool features. Just the you know, just the shape, the architecture of the building alone is you know really interesting. Yeah. You know, it's not just a typical square building like mm-hmm. you usually build. So, <laughs> um, and did you guys with doing you know there is the um, restaurant on the top floor as well as an outdoor patio area that where um, people will be able to sit out for the restaurants? Did that add a layer of complexity to this build with having an outdoor area like that, three um, four stories up? Yeah, the outdoor area is not too. Not too difficult to build, but the uh, the kitchen. There's a lot involved with mm-hmm. building a kitchen for the restaurant. Um, you know, a lot of the MEP trades, which is the mechanical, electrical, and plumbing. Uh, just a lot of coordination with them and uh, getting with our kitchen designer to make sure that all goes smoothly. But uh, so the kitchen is kind of you know kind of has been a challenge there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff in there. And I was saying when we toured it, I used to, before I worked at CMU years ago. I was a server and a bartender and manager at a local brewery here in town. And I was saying I was really impressed with the layout 
of the kitchen and the bar, even like where you guys had the ice machine. Cause those are things that as for me as a server and a bartender, I was like, Oh, that would have been perfect if that had been here where I had worked. So it seemed like it was a really thought out, well laid out um, plan up there. Well, you should take that as a compliment because everywhere Caitlin and I go, she's always critiquing kitchens. So <laughs> take that as a compliment. You, thank true. you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you are listening to CMU Now on KAFM Community Affairs, and our first guest today is the Hotel Maverick Shaw Construction Project Engineer, Logan Cole. Logan, one more question for you. What If, if there was another biology student out there who's thinking of going into construction management or any kind of, any student that might be considering it, um, what would you say to them about CMU's program? I mean, it's worked for you. What did you like about it? And, and what would you say to potential students that might be thinking about going down that same path? Um. I, yeah, I would highly recommend it. I mean, it's really rewarding, and uh, you know, construction is booming right now. So you know, they're everyone's looking for project engineers right out of college. So you know, I think you know, good, good job security or good job opportunity coming out with a construction management degree. Um, uh, you know, and you know, it's it's uh, if you like working, you know, in a team setting and uh, you know, putting in the extra hours. You know, sometimes you know we're there late at night mm-hmm. trying to just get get everything wrapped, you know, figured out. Um, yeah, I would highly recommend it. It's a it's a rewarding job, you know, especially when, you know, projects last, you know, like 18 months long, you know, when you, you're working on something for 18 months and you finally finish it, you know, it's a, it's a really good feeling. I say, I always feel like that must be fairly rewarding in your profession is that you do, you get to start this project from the very beginning on paper and then you get to see it in reality and it's there. Whereas, you know, sometimes with us when we're working on marketing and advertising campaigns, it's more abstract concepts and um, yeah. a little bit less of that tangible feel. So I've, I've always thought that construction management would be probably a really rewarding profession and career to be able to see this thing that you help start build. Start and finish kind of, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have actually one more question for you before we let you go. So if time and money and resources weren't an issue, what would be the type of building that you would maybe want to build on CMU's campus? Have you thought about that at all or what that may be for you? Just a fun, exciting project. Um, man, that's a tough one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, sky's the limit. Uh, you know, CMU, they, uh, they come up with really, you know, fancy buildings and designs and really, you know, creative and intuitive, uh, buildings. And, uh, I don't know. That's, that's be, a tough question. Yeah. yeah. If they, you'd be more than happy to build any of them. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, next time we have you on, we're, you're going to have to answer your dream project. Okay? All right. So yeah. do think about that. And next time we'll chat. All right. Sounds All right. good. Well, thank you so much again, Logan, for coming on the show today. We really appreciate it. All right. So don't go anywhere because after a short break, we'll be right back with Assistant Professor of Mechanical Engineering, Sarah Lancy.
back to CMU Now, a monthly show where we talk about the remarkable work happening at Colorado Mesa University and Western Colorado Community College. We'd like to welcome our second guest, Assistant Professor of Mechanical Engineering, Sarah Lancy. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Um, so I know that you've been at CMU Now for, I believe, is it six years? Six years now? Yep. Going on six years. Um, and you've really seen our computer science and engineering department grow, which in itself is even new. It used to be just the engineering department and right. we've added in computer science. Um, you've also moved into a brand new building. You've seen expanded program offerings. But I was curious if you could tell us a little bit about your personal journey um, before you came to CMU and what brought you here. Yeah, yeah. I grew up in Wyoming, very tiny town. And uh, my dad was an engineer and my mom was an art teacher. And they were both outdoor educators before those careers. Um, so I grew up just loving the outdoors and ended up at Michigan State for my undergrad. I studied material science, and then I needed to get back to the mountains. So I went to grad school at Colorado School of Mines and uh, decided, okay, maybe. Maybe I'll branch away from the mountains a little bit. I went up to Portland, Oregon, and I was working as a process control engineer for a company that makes jet engine and industrial gas turbine parts. And so I held a few roles in that, that company, um, did process control, did part engineering, dimensional engineering, and um, needed to get back to uh, the Rockies and Colorado. And so we ended up in Grand Junction and uh, literally found this part-time job at CMU in the newspaper. So that marketing still works. Yes. In the newspaper. <laughs> in the newspaper, yeah. So I worked as an adjunct professor for just two semesters and then got hired on full-time from there. And I'm not looking back. This is it. This is great. It is great. And I, I have a question for you that it stems from something I've, I've noticed uh, at my daughter's elementary school. And when I've been involved there, there actually aren't any um, male teachers in the building. And I know that, you know, that in, I'm not sure what the numbers are, but I think like in nursing, maybe men are unrepresented. Um, and this is sometimes a political issue, but it's not when you talk about it. And I really love how you address this issue with maybe um, a shortage of women in the STEM fields, but specifically engineering. And I, I think I'm sort of paraphrasing, but I want to ask you your perspective on this because it's not about... And from your view, uh, quotas or having an exact 50-50 in any given profession, it's, it's about like developing a passion for something early on, whether you're, you're male or you're female. And I wanted you to talk a little bit about that because I've heard you discuss it with students before, and I think it's really inspiring how you approach this issue. Oh, well, thanks. Yeah. yeah, I think it's, it's a, a great goal to try to strive for 50-50 representation just so that we know we have everybody's perspective when we're approaching a problem. But what I really think is that we need to make STEM part of kids' lives. It just needs to be part of their day-to-day -day experience. It needs to not be this intangible, pie-in-the-sky goal. It just, just make it a part of their, their life. So many things that we interact with can be explained with science or technology or engineering or math. And I think that if we can make it part of their day-to-day -day lives, then we can just nurture their curiosity. And I'm a parent. I have two small girls. And it's so easy to say, no, 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 we don't have time for that. Or no, it's too complicated. We can't build one of those. But if, if we do make it part of their lives and it's not this thing you just push to the side until they get into school, then they're not afraid of it. And they will feel comfortable and confident questioning these topics and really pushing the boundaries because we should all strive to make this world a better place. And this is how we're going to do it. We need to just say, you live in this world, you can make change, and, and I have no doubt that my kids, this, this upcoming generation, they will make that change. And, and the way you talk about it, I think, is, is really kind of wonderful because it's, it's, it has a general neutral affect, so to speak. It's about creating that, that passion. 
um, early yes. on in kids to oh, make the world better. Fun. And then they they might then they'll select you know whatever profession their skills and talents lead them towards. But exactly. I, I love to hear you talk about this. So I wanted to yes. to ask you about. Oh that, so. yeah. yeah, no, I very much believe that if somebody is just interested, so let's let's start with that curiosity. And I I, I try to make this part of my class in, in uh, at CMU. Just be curious. Ask the questions. And that is how you're going to go find those problems that need to be solved. And it doesn't have to just be engineering. It can be biology. It can be construction management. It can be, you know, health sciences. It can be social sciences. It really can drape over this whole broad spectrum. But you have to have that passion to persist and really, you know, dig down through these these broad topics and get to the nitty-gritty details that will drive solutions that will make the world a better place but be curious and they should have fun Mm -hmm. (laughs) because when you have fun you'll stick with it and to not only that it's the opportunities so I think that's kind of what we've talked about before too is that giving children the opportunity at a younger age where then they can explore all of the possible realms of which way they can go later on in life so as long as they know it's an opportunity and a possibility then they know they can pursue it Right. Like you said, then it f- becomes more tangible. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. not reserved for anyone special. It's for everyone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's great. Well, good. Well, you are listening to CMU Now on KAFM Community Affairs. And our second guest today is Assistant Professor of Mechanical Engineering, Sarah Lancy. Um, so I know I've worked with you personally on a couple different projects and we've covered it on, you know, social media or in articles and stories. And you always just seem like you have such this passion and vigor for what you do. Um, so I'm just curious about what you think is the best part of your job as an engineering faculty member at CMU. Oh, I get to focus on the students. <laughs> it really is the best part of this school. We don't we don't have TAs and we have small scholarly agendas, but it's not the primary focus of our job. We we are here to teach and we want to be here to teach. And so watching these students as freshmen, you know, struggle with certain concepts and struggle with working in teams and struggle with writing and watching them evolve and mature and grow and become confident, competent possible, you know, future engineers is the best. Mm -hmm. And so I think, yeah, just getting to watch them grow is absolutely the most rewarding part. I know. And I'm, I'm always blown away. Like I said, when I've been fortunate enough to cover what you guys are working on over in the engineering department, what these students are doing, it always blows me away that you've got 18, 19, 20 year olds that are working on these really intricate um, projects and problems and really solving things that are going to help our world in the long, long run. It makes me feel really optimistic about the future. Me too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm blown away too every day um, with what the students come up with, the solutions that they come up with, just their own personal projects that I see them working on. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they're engaging with their material in really unique ways. Well, tell us about Go Baby Go and, and tell our listeners what that, what that is and how, I mean, earlier you talked about making the world a better place. So let's yeah. talk about Go Baby Go and how that makes the world a better place through students and through engineering. Absolutely. Yeah. So Go Baby Go is, it's actually a nationwide, could well, worldwide program where chapters of engineering students or university students or, you know, community members can work on modifying these little toy ride-on electric cars for kids with limited mobility. And so the first thing we do is we rewire the foot pedal up to a hand access button so the kid with limited mobility in their legs can simply push a button and they have control over making this car go. No one's pushing them in a wheelchair. No one's, you know, guiding them with any other kind of adaptive technology. These kids are in control and it allows them to explore with and engage in their world in the way that they want to, mm-hmm. not with the directive of anybody else. Do you have a specific child that stands out in your mind that you've seen assisted by the program 
uh, or a, a, a student that was really moved and maybe it changed the trajectory of their, their, their career or their, their educational journey? That's a great question. So many of these kids that we've helped through Go Baby Go, we've done this for five years. We've probably adapted 30-some cars mm -hmm. over the last five years. Um, several stand out, and I'd say one, one recently, there was a, a missionary family who usually are based in Africa, and they came back to visit Grand Junction for a while. And I have a student who just recently learned about this humanitarian engineering discipline, and he's been involved with Go Baby Go in the past. But to see someone living in another country and a child that has very limited adaptive technology and limited experience with that. Um, the student made a little 3D printed case to house this controller so that this car wouldn't speed up as quickly as they typically do. So it would be this really gentle acceleration for this child. Um, and the child has very limited mobility. He's in a special seat. But watching the passion in this, this student apply his technical knowledge and, you know, really be thinking big picture of, okay, I'm not just helping this one kid, I'm helping this family, and I'm helping this family go help somebody else through their work in Africa. It's, it's just a great um, overall experience and a great intertwining of, of all this technology and humanity. That's great. And I think that's what I've loved when I've um, covered the Go Baby Go event is when you see it and you get to be there and to watch how passionate the students are mm -hmm. about the projects and about the car and really getting to know the kiddo that they're helping and then to get to see the kids actually get in the car and get to drive it around and have that mobility, you know, that so many of us take, yes. take for, you know, advantage oh. of. So I just think, yeah, it's a pretty amazing event. Those children's faces, that first time they push the button, it's like surprise at first. And then they're like, Oh, I know what this is going to do. And they go full force and it's, it's pretty incredible to watch. Yep. Well, good. Well, you're listening to CMU Now on KAFM Community Affairs, and our second guest today is Assistant Professor of Mechanical Engineering, Sarah Lancy. Well, we've, we've covered a lot of ground today. We've talked about sort of you know, gender in STEM. We've talked about making the world a better place through engineering. Um, and I guess same question as our last guest. You know, when you're thinking about uh, students that might want to pursue engineering or people in the community who might be wanting to overturn a new leaf, um, what is it about CMU's engineering program that you think makes it unique and, and makes it a program that's that's worthy of someone enrolling in it? Yes, that's a great question. I think we can kind of go along this line of passion um, that we've touched on a little bit today and just say that all of the faculty at CMU, they want to be here. This isn't just a stepping stone. We're not here to teach classes just to check a box to pursue our research and our discipline. We're, we're here for these students, and I think that we really, really embrace that in engineering, we give 110% trying to figure out, okay, this, this complicated equation, how can we best break this down and not just break it down, but show the application. And so we have these beautifully small class sizes where we can give this individual attention to each student. We can create these projects so that they can really engage with their material. We're not just flipping through pages in a textbook. We're trying to get them not just to understand it, but to apply it and go beyond. So I think that it's really the passion of the faculty the dedication of the fellow students, they create these cohorts, they really, they become friends through all of this, and they, <laughs> they sleep in the building for all I know. <laughs> they, they really, uh, they, they are dedicated, and I think that it's just a great, a great uh, community that we built. Great. Well, Sarah, thank you so much again for taking the time out of your schedule to come on and chat with David and myself and to the KFM listeners and let them know what's happening over in the engineering world here at CMU. Thank you so much yeah, for having you. me.
All right. And then, David, before we head out today, we actually have a few minutes. So I thought maybe we could chat about what's happening at CMU as far as some events that are coming up. Um, so one thing I thought we might want to mention um, to listeners, if you were tuned in for our first segment and we were talking to Logan Cole about the Hotel Maverick, is that we'll be opening here in April. We're not giving a definitive date yet, but it is going to be opening in April. Is there anything else that you think listeners need to know about the hotel? Well, just that it's going to be, a, it's a huge asset for the community. You know, whether you're looking at something fun like a staycation or whether you have relatives that are coming into town and want um, a, a high quality experience for themselves, it's going to include you know, dining and, and sort of that upper scale experience here in Grand Junction. Um, it's a beautiful setting. And I think that's going to be a, a real asset for CMU, but for the community. So uh, I'd really encourage, you know, listeners to stay tuned and we're going to be having a grand opening that I think is going to create a lot of excitement around the project. And it's going to be a feature that's going to allow us to really showcase just how, how wonderful campus is as an environment and as a place that people want to stay. So, yeah. yeah. And if you do want to stay up to date on what's happening at the hotel, you can head over to thehotelmaverick.com and sign up for our email communication list. Um, Cause since so much is moving and happening, I know we have a lot of people reaching out on social with questions, but that's probably the best way if you want to stay up to date on when the grand opening will be, how you can make reservations, um, what the restaurant is going to include the coffee shop, because um, two, the views from the restaurant are pretty spectacular up there. Yeah, yeah, they really are. I mean, it's w- probably one of the better views in the valley, I think, for sure, in terms of you know restaurant facilities. So yeah, yeah it's going to be great. And that is it the third or fourth of outdoor patio too? That'll be really, I think, unique for the Grand Valley having um, a dining option that's on that level. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what else do we got coming up here in March? Well, you know, uh, one of the things that I think our listeners have heard about before is the the CMU Civic Forum. It's sort of this umbrella phrase that we use to describe events that engage students in civics, civility, um, political issues, and also the community. And so the next one we have coming up is the Macrina Lecture Series. Uh, And we're going to have a youth advocate that really focuses on Native American issues throughout the country, uh, Mary Kim Titla. Mm -hmm. And she's going to be here on March 11th uh, for a public talk. That's going to start at 630 with a reception, kind of a meet and greet, uh, with a guest lecture at 7 uh, 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 I don't want to say a guest lecture. It's going to be a talk. It's going to be a conversation with the community. So that's our next uh, civic form event. I'm, I think there's a lot of enthusiasm on campus and the community for that one. Yeah. yeah. And then I know over in our performing arts department. So we just wrapped up with Fiddler on the Roof. Um, if you were lucky enough to get into that show, I know quite a few tough. of them yeah. sold out, um, which is amazing to hear. I love seeing the community come out and support our students in these productions. Um, but we do have another one coming up here in April. Can you talk a little bit about about that one? Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a play called The Wolves, and it's about a girls' high school soccer team. You know, um, that might sound like it's appropriate for all ages, but this does have some mature themes in language, and, and so we'd, we'd ask, you know, parents to consider that. But it's a, we're excited about this one. It's going to be April 9th through the 18th, and that, of course, will be at the Moss Performing Arts Center. And so uh, we encourage people to check out that play. It's going to be a good one. Yep. And you can get tickets at coloradomesa.edu slash tickets. And then I think one of our other big events that's coming up this April, I mean, we always have a lot of events that happen in the springtime at CMU, but another big one is our Foundation's Day of Giving. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times uh, when people think about giving to CMU or to any any organization or nonprofit, you know, they think of those high profile type of projects that everyone's familiar with. But the Day of Giving is an opportunity for us to really showcase a whole litany, a whole diversity of opportunities for people that might want to give in a unique way um, to student clubs or organizations, to a building project or to a program or to a scholarship. And so uh, the day of giving uh, is on April 10th 
We're excited about that, and it's a great chance for people to give to, to CMU in the way that they think is best for them and their values and what they care about. And that's what I love, too. I know last year we really started to see these student clubs and organizations that are raising money for whatever initiative they're trying to accomplish or whatever conference they're trying to get to, and they all really got behind it and got competitive with each other, and it was a, a really fun day filled with not only raising a lot of funds for these important student projects, but I think a nice you know competitive way for the students to get involved and to get involved with community members and donors. You know what you're going to give to? I don't yet. I need to check them all out. I gave to two or three different ones last year because that's my problem is I can't choose just one. So Game yeah. day decision. Yeah, okay. exactly. Okay. Good. <laughs> all right. Well, um, this segment airs on the second Tuesday of each month on KAFM Community Radio. You can also listen to a podcast of today's show at kafmradio.org. I'm your host, Caitlin Birdsall, along with my co-host, David Ludlam. And we'll be back next month for another edition of CMU Now on the Community Affairs Hour.